everybody, and welcome back to the Chiluminati Podcast, episode 113. As always, I am one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by my two other hosts, Jesse Cox and Alex Fasciane. Hello, mm. boys. Yeah. If you add 100 to 13, it becomes yeah. one of the best numbers rather than one of the most unlucky. That's what this episode means. That's what this episode's about. What? 113 is an un- is an unlucky number, I think he's trying to say. 113 is a lucky, great number. And 13, don't worry about the 13. I'm just saying, don't let the 13 distract you. This is going to be a good episode. Well, what? You get it. Here's what I think is happening, yeah. uh, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, Alex, it's an important day for Alex because it's his redemption arc today. Yeah. Uh, after the Greenstone uh, duology. Wait, that time, time left out. Fans time, time out. It's, a, it's a trilogy's part one and two. <laughs> Sorry. For the record. Right, Jesse? Right, Jesse, what were you going to say? No, I just want to make sure that everyone who's listening is aware that you decided, you made the choice after two of those to then give him another. Yeah. Well, no, come on. We're all equal partners I want, in this endeavor. I just we want, call no, 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 no. You're going to like this This is one. the Mathis show with Alex and maybe Jesse. This is, is the Mathis show, true. though. Not and at all true. Let's be real. Anything that goes wrong is your fault. Anything that like goes this. right, we all did together. You're going to like this one. <laughs> That's leadership, dude. That's how leadership works. <laughs> I have a good feeling about episode 113. <laughs> After the, 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 the Greenstone potential finished of his, as a trilogy sometime in the future, it left fans divided, much like The Last Jedi. We have a sea of people who support and praise and even maybe even worship the Greenstone. Those are drug yeah. addicts. Those are, never, <laughs> I've never been more honored to be the last Jedi of my own podcast. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but then there's the other side who call shenanigans, Biffleboff. Oh, you don't think it's tank. oh, you don't think it's a real story, do you? That's what I'm not saying. I am. I'm saying the fa- uh, the other half of the fan. I think that's it was Harry say. Potter fan fiction, is what I think. But well, that's just, just you me. wait until the Greenstone Part Three. <laughs> just you, just you wait. Can't can't wait. Uh, however, so uh, you know that's all set up because today that's I think that's why Alex is fighting so hard right now because he knows today is his potential either. Um, what, what was the last name of that? Oh, that bad moot trill. Oh, fuck. What was it? Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. It could Ooh. be his Rise of Skywalker. This could be his Rise of Skywalker. Hell no. This is my Knives Out. Get ready. <laughs> all right. All right. It's your Knives Out. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, you should be taking out of your wallet, though. Um, what? Oh, no. Yeah, that money. Uh, <laughs> exactly. There you go. And and you can spend that money at patreon.com slash Chiluminati pod, where not only is it better than the real Disneyland, uh, but it's also factually where Walt Disney originally got the idea for Disneyland. That's how fun it is there. And if you go sign up, not only will we do weekly episodes forever until the end of time, just like how Disneyland will always be open, but also you get tons of insane extras for being a member, special colors on our Discord. That's one thing. Ad-free episodes, uh, except for these ads, which I like to think of more as advertainment than real advertisements. Bonus content for every single episode. Uh, Our Alex Fasciani School of Journalism uh, award-winning minisodes every week, uh, sick <laughs> digital posters, free shirts, uh, and more. So if you're looking for the <laughs> e-ticket ride of Patreons, if you will, head on over to patreon.com slash pod, where you can become part of the world's most relaxed and influential secret society today. 
You love that? Fantastic job, Alex. Fantastic right off the dome. I, I, was, I felt like I went to Disneyland. You And you will feel like you went to Disneyland two more times by the end of today. Are you ready for this? <laughs> two, two more times. Yeah. I'm ready. Jesse, are you ready, Of course sir? I'm not ready. Of course there's nothing ready about this, but I'm in. <laughs> I'm All obviously right. in. Chiluminati's ride All or right. die, dog. It is. It is ride or die. It's been a long it's just, road. Yeah. Just like Dominic Toretto's family in that way. Uh, just like okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's get into it. As the only one of us who is actually a California native, okay, I can tell you that as a child growing up here, only half an hour away by car, uh, after I went and got my first taste as a young, impressionable little boy, Disneyland and all the amazing shit I got to see there as a kid was like very formative in my imagination, absolutely dominated my imagination for a large period of time in my youth uh, because literally everything that I found awesome, my entire filter of everything awesome. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, ghosts, pirates, cowboys, piglet, the small pig that may or may not be wearing a t-shirt from Winnie the Pooh. All of that was through the lens of Disneyland. Uh, and while I was happy with that uh, on the surface level for a while, I was also that nerdy kid who went way too far into like really esoteric hobbies when I was young, uh, which is why in middle school I had 12 separate coffee table books about the Titanic that I had in my, in my library about the 12 year old Alex was so enamored by the Titanic. Yeah. You had 12 fucking books. It's just, it's just a window into the type of personality. How How many different times, how many different pictures of the same front of the ship degraded underwater can you see before you're like yeah it's probably yeah enough. look some of them have the same pictures in them but they're all about <laughs> different topics uh and by the time i was 13 or 14 uh you know around that time is when i was like really easily able to access the internet on the yeah. old hp family pc the pavilion yeah. pc oh, if you remember I had those. a compact presario yeah you same know, thing same idea yeah. yeah uh not only did i know all the rides by heart i started going deep learning about the history of the parks, idolizing the people at Imagineering, memorizing all the hidden Mickeys, if you know what those are. Uh, but of all the weird things that I used to love to do, uh, reading about the like dark, mysterious aspects of Disneyland's history, by far my favorite uh, topic uh, in Disneyland nerddom, okay? Which is different than Disney nerddom. Disneyland nerddom is a special uh, analog. It's like being a vinyl record listener rather than a music fan right you you if you like disneyland you know you get what's up so today i bring you a little taste of that special feeling that i used to get reading about this type of stuff and i bet that for some of you out there already this is going to be totally new and interesting uh but i also want to shout out the surprising amount of people who i bet there's like a big crossover with our listenership and people who are huge disneyland nerds i bet you you're out there so shout outs to you I'm shouting you out. Give me hit me back with some love on the flip. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and also, if we're doing shout outs, shout outs to my pal Hilda, friend of the pod uh, for hey, Hilda. getting really stoned uh, with me over Zoom one day, giving me this idea to do this. Uh, and I guess check out her game Paleo Pines. It's a dino ranching game. That's not a brand deal, though. That's just a friend deal. A friend deal. Are we going to have to look? <laughs> I'm going to let you know right now. Hilda. Huh? Hilda. He's already putting the blame for this episode on you. And There's you no thought blame. He, was, he thought he thought it, you thought this is was a good friend. idea. This, this is, is your yours. friend. This is a good idea. You and he's saying you. we got high and she gave me this idea. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you again at the end of this what you thought of this episode. And you're going to say and we'll see what you say. How about that? I'm, I know what I'm going to say. I'm like, 
What a I crazy third part to the Greenstone trilogy. I loved it. <laughs> I finally know what that dirty old house was about. It Thank you. Now I'm going to go to bed happy and safe again. Uh, all right. Uh, anyway, here's the deal. There's been a lot of high profile deaths in the park over the years. Uh, there are an equal number of infinite uh, infamous ghosts, uh, but it's rare that we take the two lists and compare them to each other, uh, which I think is Good, journalistically, right? Uh, For sure. So that's what we're going to do today uh, and find out how many of the ghosts at Disneyland are related to the deaths at Disneyland. So today, we're going to take two magical tours around the happiest place on Earth, just like I said. One for the deaths, one for the hauntings. Uh, But before I do that, uh, I realize this is an international show. So just in case someone out there isn't a 12 books on not only the Titanic, but also probably the Beatles, Star Wars, World War II, and like alien slash conspiracy theories uh, type of kid. Uh, If you weren't that type of kid, here's a little bit of history uh, about the most famous theme park ever made. Something that I consider to be at the heart uh, of everything, both wonderful and awful about American culture, Disneyland USA. Uh, And here's a quote uh, for Mathis to read from Walt Disney himself. Uh, who said this uh, on the CBC in Canada one day when he was talking about where the idea for Disneyland originally came from. I'm just going to drop that in for you. To and this is going to be over on Twitter. Yep, there it oh, is. Yeah. All right. I don't know what Disney sounds like. I, I never actually don't remember what his voice sounds like. So I'm just going to have to just. Yeah, go. he's an old yeah. white man from the middle. <laughs> yeah, Imagine of the Tom Hanks. Yeah, there you go. Oh, he's just so so soft spoken. Just old, dying um, of lung cancer. Yeah, old, old, yeah. dying of lung cancer. Got it. Well, it came about when my daughters were very okay. young and Saturday. That's what you got. Yeah, he's I'll dying of lung it. cancer. I'll, yeah, I'll take it. And Saturday was always Daddy's Day. Ooh, I don't know if I like that voice with that line. That's uh, <laughs> how you read it. It wasn't I know, how I didn't it was expect, said. I did, was not prepared. He's a very nice and, man. He was a very nice man. Uh, so, you know, and Saturday was always daddy's day with the two daughters. So we'd start out and try to go someplace, you know, different in things. And I'd take them to the merry-go-round and I took them different places. And as I'd sit there while they rode the merry-go-round and did all these things on a bench, you know, eating peanuts, I felt that there should be something built, some kind of an amusement enterprise built where the parents and the children could have fun together. Yeah. It's a pretty good idea, right? Like for all you non-Americans, you know, that yeah. don't have it. If you, if you, not everybody's obsessed with Disneyland. I live very close to it's it. True. I'm obsessed with American culture from the fifties and sixties. It's a shoe in for me, but maybe it's not for you. So that's just a little idea of what it is. And basically based on this and his nostalgia for things like the world's fair, which like defined the culture of the world and uh, a couple of amusement parks in his own ho- hometown that were based off the world's fair. Walt had this idea for like a, crazy fantasy world that was like way beyond anything that had existed before. He split the thing into like different theme lands that were like spokes on a wheel. Uh, And you can also like take a tour around the land uh, from a central train station on a real railroad car because he loved trains. And it pushed the envelope for technology and artistry at theme parks into a whole other realm. He invented animatronics which is like a crazy thing to think about that we didn't have those before Disneyland and how early we had them is very crazy. Uh, and it became this world famous cutting edge place for better or for worse, uh, central to our identity. People use, love it as like a literary device and metaphor for like America in a lot of ways. Uh, and if you've never been there, whether or not you're like buying into like this crass, 
capitalist enterprise that's going on at Disneyland. The original 1955 Disneyland Park, absolutely still worth visiting at least once in your life if you have the chance, because it really is crazy that it even exists. I cannot believe that it is a real place. The mindset of it is is crazy. The like super happy, super polite mindset, the beauty of it, the ambition of it. It's all just even from a anthropological standpoint, it's worth going to Disneyland at least once. Um, so that's what I have to say about it. Anyway, there have been exactly 14 people who we know of who have died in Disneyland. And like I said before, uh, we get into uh, uh, before we get into uh, those who have stayed behind, possibly. I just want to look at these to find a connection between them and the hauntings. Uh, and also, I do want to say that there are some incidences here that I'm not going to get deep into because they're from people who received injuries at the park and then were escorted off the park and then died. So I'm not really going to go deep into those because it's to me unlikely that somebody who didn't die at the park, their ghost is trapped at the park. There's like one or two exceptions in here that we'll get into. Uh, But if you know those stories and you want to share them, uh, like the one of the guy on the Columbia, for example, or some of the other stories, feel free to post them on the subreddit. I love these kind of old Disney stories. They're kind of like weirdly, morbidly interesting. I don't know how to describe it any other way than that. Um, But also up top, as we get into this, I just want to throw out a quick warning that some of these stories and situations uh, that I'm going to get into right now are going to be anti the image of Disneyland. Very distressing, very graphically violent and ultimately quite sad. So you have been warned. Let us proceed on our first trip around Disneyland. This is the deaths only trip. uh, And we're going to go to Main Street first. I don't really know... uh, Someone Where? didn't make it off Main Street. They walked well, in and were like, welcome to the happiest I, place on dead. Yeah. <laughs> so this one's this one's a little weird. I'm not sure if this guy for sure died on Main Street. Uh, this happened on October 19th, 2013. Uh, this first one is a 63-year-old guy called Michael Zaracone or Zaracone. Uh, he founded a children's hospital in California. And he came to the park with his family to check out the uh, Halloween decorations. They decorate the whole Main Street, which is based off like an old timey Main Street from the Midwest. They decorate the whole park with Halloween decorations. He just wanted to go see it, walk around. Old people love Disneyland because it's very chill compared to a lot of other uh, amusement parks and theme parks. Uh, And he tripped and he fell, unfortunately, and he had a heart attack when he hit the ground and he died right there on the spot. Uh, And it sounds super sad at first, and I guess definitely it is sad. But this is the weird thing about Disneyland that I was saying. Apparently, when it happened, his family was just like, well, at least he died at his favorite place on Earth. Which, like, (laughs) kind of fucks me up, actually, if we're thinking about it, right? Oh, there goes Dad. We always knew he'd die at Disney. I just, I wonder what... That is like, well, I mean, I guess it's probably different now, but well, you know, brother, two years Mountain, ago, you can ride itself. You got to fucking move on. But I mean, like I'm talking, I, I was talking about like, you know, Disney as a chill place for, for seniors, mm. like, you know, having been there in the last few years, that yeah. place was like overcrowded. If oh, yeah. I was a Chaos. senior, I would have been like damn kids with their damn <laughs> children and their damn outfits. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I would have not had. You were fun. like that as is. 
I don't know if I mean, I that's would, true. Yeah, I don't know if I would bring my grandma to Disneyland. But you know, if you grew up with it, I, I'm not going to stop somebody from coming back there when they're too old to walk around. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but yeah, there's not really been much in Main Street. I'm just putting that guy in Main Street because I feel like that's where he belongs. I don't know. Uh, but let's go back. Now we're going to go around. Uh, this is on January 3rd, 1984. We're going to go to Fantasyland now uh, is our first stop. We're going to go on the Matterhorn Mountain. If you don't know this ride, it's like a big giant. It's, a, it's one of the original steel roller coasters ever made. And it's inside of a giant like mini sized Alp Mountain, like Matterhorn Mountain. It's like a mountain slalom with a Bigfoot inside. Uh, And uh, January 3rd, 1984, Dolly Regine Young was a 48-year-old woman from Fremont, California, who, about two-thirds of the way through the ride, was thrown clear of her ride vehicle and and into the path of an oncoming bobsled, which pinned her head and chest under its wheels, dragged her along a little bit. And when people found her, they... They described it as, and I don't, I, this seems so like macabre to say, but they described it as the Wicked Witch of the East sticking out from underneath the house, with her legs just sticking out like that. And the area, and the area where she died on the ride is now known to the cast members as Dolly's Dip, named after her. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, mm, can we pause? If you were her family, yeah. Pissed or honored? Well, they're not like, and this is the the area of the ride known as Dolly's Dip, named after some lady. Like it's just a it's just a nickname that the cast members used used to call it that. Sure. Uh, when they went to go investigate her body, uh, they saw that she wasn't wearing a seatbelt uh, when they investigated, but she was also in the back row of the bobsled or whatever you call it. So nobody else on the ride with her knew if she took it off on purpose or tried to stand up. Uh, which happened to somebody else oh on the God. ride one time who got hurt. Uh, uh, so they don't know who was at fault. They don't know if it was like a mistake or if she just randomly flat. She was 48 years old, though. So that's pretty old. So I don't know how mischievous she was at, but there's some question about that. Uh, 48 is not that old. Yeah, I mean, it's but it's old. It's pretty old to like be like, I'm going to like get up on this ride. I don't know. Oh, man. Me. Yeah. I mean, God, I just don't know. I what even at 20 years old, the that guy feels like a fucking d- dumb decision. The guy who fell down and had a heart attack was 63. You know what I mean? That's oh. not that far off. Uh, that's true. But yeah, that's the Matterhorns. That's Dolly's dip. Uh, so that's Fantasyland. Let's move over to Frontierland, uh, to the rivers of America, which if you don't know, Frontierland is like a cowboy land. Uh, it's like a town. They have like a saloon and all this stuff. And then like out in front of the town is like a big river. You can like go on the canoes. There's a river boat. There's like a old timey boat. Uh, in the middle is like an island where you can go be Tom Sawyer and like screw around. Literally yeah. just walk. Yeah. Well, there's like a yeah, fort yeah. and you can like if you're a kid, it's probably more fun. Right. And uh, they got like caves you can go in and it's got like the the, the things from the book on there and stuff. Uh but on June 22nd, 1973, in the Rivers of America, uh, and it's a full-on river. It's not that big, but it's pretty wide, uh, and it goes all the way back around, all the way around to Star Wars land and all this stuff now. Uh, this is actually the first of two deaths in the Rivers of America. The first one was an 18-year-old guy named Bogdan Delaro, I hope, uh, from Brooklyn, who stayed hidden on Tom Sawyer Island with his 10-year-old little brother until after closing. They, like, hopped a barrier and, like, hid in the bushes somewhere off where they wouldn't be seen uh, until the park closed. 
And then they came out and they were on the island kind of sneaking around and they wanted to go. How often do you think that happens? I, I bet. How a, often do you think people? I bet a lot. I imagine it's all the time. Nowadays, I think there's probably a shitload more cameras around. And they always, That's talk, and they always talk about like there's a large amount of people who are just like dressed like us walking around who are like ready to pop out and grab you at any given time. No, God. Gentlemen, uh, you've just made me come up with my uh, bonus episode thing because this happened recently. Uh huh. There was a guy. You know what? I'm not going to spoil it. There was well, a is guy. Is this for the, is this for the, is yeah, this for the mini? This is the mini so. This is our bonus mini so. Patreon.com. Alex Fasciani award winning. That's what I use. Yes. Yeah. That's the rumor. The AFAs. Yeah, yeah, the, the Alex Fossiani Awards. Yeah, Great. the Fots, the Fotches, <laughs> the Fotches, the Fotch, the Fotch, <laughs> Fotch Night. Where who's going to be at our live show? Bring a Fotch. Yeah, bring a Fotchy Award. A whatever Fauci. you think we it is. We call them Fauchies. We call them Fauchies. Yeah, whatever you think it is. Yeah, the, little sta- it. the little statue is called a Fauchy. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's the worst joke I've ever said. Uh, okay. So listen, man, everything's a home run. So this guy and his 10 year old brother are on the island. They want to go fuck around in the rest of the park. But they don't want to like alert the cast members by like using a vehicle to get across the water. Uh, I could see looking across the water and thinking I can make that right. But the little kid didn't know how to swim. So this guy Bogdan, Bog, Bodgan, Bodgan, Bod, Bodgan from. I don't don't know if it's I don't know if it's Bodgan or Bogdan. I'm sorry. This guy's from New York. I've got it both ways. He decided he was going to carry his little brother across the river on his back with him. And he ran out of oh steam. He ran out of steam and cramped about halfway across the river. And oh, God, uh, cramp. Yeah, just like disappeared under the water and died. Oh my God. The brother Jesus was able to make it out. The 10 year old kid was able to make it out. He's about two thirds of the way across. And he he doggy paddled his way out of the water somehow. Amazingly. Uh, but Bogdan's body was so lost in the murky water that it wasn't discovered until next morning when the sun came up again, when they could like see, because that's how it just like went into the water somewhere. Um, so that's the first one. The other one happened almost 10 years to the day. The first one happened June 22nd, 1973. The second one happened June 4th, 1983, almost exactly 10 years later, another 18 year old boy. This time is a guy named Philip Strahan from Albuquerque, New Mexico, he was celebrating his birthday at the park with a friend at a grad night. Uh, and if you don't know what grad night is, I think these happen all over the place, uh, not just at Disneyland. But basically what it is, is like kind of around the same time as like prom and like the years wrapping up. The seniors go to Disneyland in the, in Southern California. This is what happens is it goes. They go to Disneyland overnight, like at the at like the off hours of Disneyland. They keep it open. There's like crazy like dance areas to go around. Everybody makes out. Everybody like sneaks around mm. and does drugs and drinks and stuff. So it's like a sloppy, sloppy night for the teens at Disneyland. Uh, and uh, it's only gotten worse. My my grad night was awful because half the park was closed down for the Pirates 3 premiere. So like you couldn't even go everywhere. Uh, I, grad night is like one of the worst things I've ever done. Never, never do that. If you're a kid listening to this, skip grad night. It sucks. Save your money <laughs> and go with your closest friends on a Tuesday in the summer when no one's there. Like, yeah, dude, that's the way to so go. It's so much always. better. God damn. Don't go to grad night. Uh, but this guy and his friend. It was grad night. It was the guy's birthday. They got super drunk and they snuck into a cast members only area uh, and stole a rubber maintenance boat and took it out for a joyride. So it's the middle of the night. It's not daytime. It's like 
Like, you know, it could be like one in the morning at Disneyland right now. <laughs> and they're driving around the River of America in a rubber maintenance boat. Uh, and they hit a rock. And Strawn like fell in and drowned. Like, because his friend, instead of trying to help him out of the water, I don't know if it was because the boat was like unstable or something. He drove off and tried to like find somebody to come get his friend out of the water rather than like trying to get him out of the water himself. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, So that guy died that way. Um, uh, So those are the two deaths on the rivers of America um, that happened in the park. Again, like I say, there's like I said, there's another very high profile death that happened on the sailing ship Columbia, but that the guy died later. Uh, next death in the park happened September 5th, 2003. This was a really big deal on the news when it happened, uh, on big thunder mountain railroad. Originally in Frontierland, there was a, a ride called mine train through nature's wonderland. That was kind of like the jungle cruise in concept, but it was like on a little train in a gotcha. cowboy town. And they, in the eighties, they got rid of it. And replaced it with like a train roller coaster that went through the desert. That was it's like one of my favorite rides. Uh, but this 22 year old guy from Gardena, which is just near where we work, uh, his name is Marcelo Torres. Uh, he he died and it was a big deal because it was actually in the end, they found out that it was the result of poor maintenance and employee training on the part of Disney, which is like crazy. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, because huge Disney, Disney has like the standard of all this yep. for everything. So it was shocking. Uh, apparently somebody failed to tighten the left side upstop guide wheel on the floating axle of the train. And there was no safety wire installed uh, or it was, had been tripped and was not reset or something like that. Uh, and it eventually caused the train to derail during the ride. Whoa, uh, a bunch of people were hurt. Guy broke his ribs. All this other stuff happened. Uh, but Marcelo Torres died. He bled to death from like giant trauma wounds on his chest. Uh, and uh, the whole ride had to be shut down. And they, uh, as a result, the floating axle mechanism was removed from the ride system altogether. Something else was imp- implemented instead. It was like a stain on the history of Disneyland. This one was terrible. And uh, I remember being afraid to go on Thunder Mountain. Um but the, oh, uh, yeah, I would be, too. Yeah, uh, but it's still one of my favorite rides, and they've revamped it twice since then, at least. And uh, they say that it, the funnest time to go on is when it's just rained, so the track is a little wet. But now I, God, no. I'm i a little scared of it now because no. of this. Yeah, None of I the rides be. at Disneyland are, like, particularly th- super thrilling, but, you know, that I mean, that's one of the more edgy ones, I, I would say. Uh, but, yeah, that's Frontierland. Uh, let's head around the the, the, the hub to uh tomorrowland which is the sort of like land of the future the like kind of jetsons future land they kind of did it in the 90s to be more like i don't know like jules verney in a way which didn't really land so they kind of like rotated it back to more like what they thought the future would be like in the 60s vibes but there's all kinds of stuff like that there uh the first death that happened was on june 17th 1966 on the monorail uh which monorails now are like a big thing but at the time Disney was like trains with one track. It's going to be a huge thing. And so he like installed one at the park to go from the hotel to the uh, park back and forth. And it kind of gives you a little tour of the resort and stuff. Uh, And the station is in Tomorrowland because it's like a very futuristic type of transportation. Uh, 19 year old kid from Northridge, California, a guy called Thomas Guy Cleveland. He climbed 16 feet up onto 
the monorail track outside the park and started running down the track oh my God. again on dra- on grad night because he wanted he didn't have the ticket and he wanted to sneak <laughs> into the park by climbing the monorail track and running into the park. Uh, he was being chased by security guards on the ground who were trying to warn him. Uh, but sure enough, he didn't hear them. He was too busy trying to get into the park. Didn't see the oncoming train soon enough. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and though he tried to leap clear of the tracks onto a canopy down below, he did not get clearance. He was hit by the train and he was dragged 40 feet down the track. Oh, God. I'm getting into that park no matter fucking what. You hate to see it. Oh. Ah. Uh, next one happened a year later, August 21st, 1967, uh, on the, on a ride called the people mover, which is like a very, very tame gondola ride that is actually just on the track. I think this was similar to the monorail and that they were like, people are going to like, it's like a cafe table that like takes you around a city is like, I think what the vibe was, it's not a great ride. Not a, not, I mean, a chill ride experience for me as a 30 year old man who like appreciates Disney for what it is now. But as a kid who was like in it for the speed at the time, I don't know who, if you remember this ride, uh, you've got to be pretty old to remember this ride now. Like no child remembers this ride, but there are these empty tracks in Disneyland where it is, uh, where it was, what, where it was. And there's just been nothing on there. They tried to put the rocket rods on there and those were like a total bust. So there's just this track now. But on April, August 21st, 1967, first of two people mover related instances uh, in the first month of the ride being opened, uh, a 17 year old from Hawthorne, California, also very close to my office. His name was Ricky Lee Yama. He's trying to goof around. And uh, like I say, this thing goes all the way around Tomorrowland in and out of all the ride buildings and stuff to give you like a tour of the area. So he was in a tunnel at the time. He thought he couldn't be caught. He got up uh, cause it doesn't have any seatbelts or anything. And he tried to jump from one gondola car to the next gondola car, but it's too far. And they're both slanted like this. So he fell and he landed and fell onto the track, went under the wheels. His head uh. was crushed and split into two pieces. And he oh was dragged God. hundreds of feet along the ground oh before God. they could stop it. I don't even want to think about what that track looked like. It's probably oh, awful. God. At least it was instant. Yeah, the Tomorrowland deaths are brutal. You say that. There's no evidence that just- that was instant. Yeah, that's Ugh. true. That's true. Uh, that That's one of the worst deaths. The, but the worst one is this one. July 8th, 1974. America Sings is the name of this attraction. This is a famous one because it's very Final Destination E. Uh <laughs> 18-year-old cast member from Santa Ana, just around the corner from Disneyland. Uh, her name was Deborah Gale Stone. She was one of the original cast members on America Sings. It's opening week. If you have been to Disneyland, <clears throat> America Sings was in the back of Tomorrowland. It's a big round building, and the deal was you'd sit on it, and the whole building would rotate from stage to stage, and there would be like animatronic animals singing on each stage. So you sit still. Or, and and the whole building moves around you, right? So you can like go from one little thing to the other without having the animals have to like get off stage or something, right? Because they're robots. So that's how that was. Uh, rotating ride building. And between each thing as it rotates, there's sort of like a quiet intermission part. During one of those intermission parts, guests allegedly heard a blood curdling scream, wasn't sure if it was part of the ride or not. And sadly, because it had only been open a week, we don't know how well trained she was. She was just the first person to end up in this situation. 
Deborah tried to squeeze through or something, was in the wrong place at the wrong oh, time. No. And she got crushed like that dude in Austin Powers between the wall and the ride, uh, like just completely smushed into nothing. Uh, killed just like in the worst possible way. Uh, uh, and this was another one where after it happened, they shut down the ride uh, yeah. and they made the walls kind of like breakable. So that if there's too much pressure, they just kind of like break and you can like walk straight out of the wall rather than being like steamrolled. Oh, my uh, God. So dude, man. Oh, God. Those last couple seconds must have been an eternity. Yeah. Just awful. Like just knowing that it was going to happen. It's like Indiana Jones all of a sudden. You know what oh, I mean? God. Yeah. That's a, that <clears throat> makes me squirm. A- absolutely awful. Um, six years later, back to the people mover. 13 years after the first people mover incidents, uh, June 7th, 1980, in almost the exact same scenario as before, 18-year-old kid from San Diego this time called Gerardo Gonzalez. Is this proves that all 18-year-olds are dumb as hell, man. So They're many still dead kids. 18-year-olds. They're still kids, right? okay? Exactly. Don't take your eyes off them, parents. They're still kids. They don't know how to <laughs> act at Disneyland. Jumping, there's a part of the ride, the super speed tunnel, where like it was just like, that was like the sure. whole bit. It's like not that fast still. During that portion of the ride, he tried to jump between them, got crushed between the wheels. Oh, God. Uh, and I have no citation to back this up. After this happened for the second time, just like Dolly's dip, cast members have internally sometimes referred to this ride now. Rather than the people mover, guess what? The people remover. Get it? Oh. You get it? <laughs> wow. Yeah. wow. Uh, and those are all of the people that died in the lands of Disneyland. But there are a few more places on the resort where you can die. So still a couple what of deaths. The, what the, what the, <laughs> it's a factory. There are a few more death. places you can die. There's like not just in Disneyland. Well, there's Disneyland Resort and there's Disneyland the park. And these happened on the grounds of the resort, but not within the park. Well, of so, course. Yeah. So these first three that I'm going to get into right now, this is the other segment. The first three happened at the Disneyland Hotel, uh, which is just nearby. Like I said, you can take the monorail there. Uh, I think it's gone now. I don't know exactly what the deal is. I haven't been over to that area of the park in a while. I think they're redoing it. But the old Disneyland Hotel was a very like kind of mad many vibes, Disney vibe hotel. Kind of cool. Um, September 3rd, 1994, a 74-year-old man committed suicide. By leaping from his ninth floor balcony window uh, uh, in the hotel. First ever suicide at Disneyland. Uh, they got almost 40 years uh, before somebody tried to kill themselves at Disneyland. And he did it nine floors down. Bam, bam, bam. Next one, July 6th. Two years later, July 6th, 1996. A 23-year-old man who was not a guest of the hotel was just climbing around being a weirdo from balcony oh, to God. balcony. No idea what that was about. Fell from the 14th floor, <laughs> even higher, five floors up. What are you doing, dude? I just like, what? I, oh God. Yeah. How do you, what did you expect to happen? Right, exactly. Nobody's sure what his motives were. Uh, seem most likely like his it was motives. an accident. Like the, to be the best balcony climber in the whole nobody, wide world. Nobody knows if he was like trying to do like a, you know, like how sometimes, oh, there's like a guy and he's like halfway up the Eiffel Tower all of a sudden on the news. Nobody knows if it was something like that or if he was just like wasted or he was like trying to sneak around or I mean, even when I was young, I remember doing dumb ass shit on hotel balconies that I should not have been doing. So you never know. Uh, this guy was 23 uh, when nobody likes you, according to Blink-182. 
Uh, nobody knows. <laughs> nobody knows what the motives were. It seemed like an accident, though, because he was just horse playing around on the outside. And then lastly, on May 2nd, 2008, weirdly also from the 14th floor, a dentist slash businessman from Santa Cruz, California, called John Newman Jr., also leapt to death from his balcony. Same floor. Very strange. Very eerie. I don't know. You know, that's like. Those two pieces of information are like the basis for a creepypasta somewhere, right? The 14th yeah. floor. Because if you think about it, what's the 14th floor? It's the 13th floor, right? Oh, true. Because hotels don't have 13th floors. Um, but yeah, that's the Disneyland Hotel. Uh, now let's head over to the Mickey and Friends parking structure, which is a building that you only ever see if you actually go to Disneyland. Uh, it's where you park your car. Uh, if you look at old pictures of Disneyland, you used to be able to park right in front of the front gate and just like walk into Disneyland. This is a huge parking structure off to the side. I think at one point in time, if it's still not, they just expanded it again recently. I think it might be the biggest parking structure in the entire world. Uh, two more jumping deaths here. One much more mysterious than the other. The less mysterious one happened on October 17th, 2010 when a 61 year old man from Hickman, California jumped from the top floor, which is much higher up than you might imagine. Uh, and they found oh, uh, they found a suicide note on the floor at the top floor that said cited, quote, personal issues as the reason for his suicide. Uh, so that one's pretty cut and dry. Typically is the second one on April 12th, uh, April 2nd, 2012. Much stranger when the staff found the body of a 23 year old man near the northwest corner of the structure where he was pronounced dead at the scene. For whatever reason, it was investigated as a suicide, but unlike last time, the guy had no note. Nobody saw him jump, so the jury's still out. Could be a murder, or could be some guy doing horseplay, trying to get from... Because here's the thing. Like I said, this is a big-ass structure, and there's like big parts of the structure that are only accessible safely from like walkways on certain floors. I could see somebody being impatient or frustrated and trying to like do some dumb shit to like get from here to here quickly. You never know. Uh, but they found him busted up on the ground and they decided he was, uh, it was a suicide. Um, and those are all 14 deaths that we know of that have happened on the grounds of Disneyland resort. I have to imagine there are some more like natural deaths or like backstage deaths that have happened, uh, that go unreported to the media, uh, in hotels like this or in parks like this. But unless somebody points me to something like that, these are the ones that I say definitively happened inside Disneyland. Uh, but before we move on to the hauntings, I want to give you guys like a little Mensa riddle as a bonus, because I think this is something that we need to talk about really quickly. Uh, Cause it's just another big Disneyland urban legend. Uh, here we go. Ready? Ready. If there's only been 14 deaths at Disneyland, how come so many more dead bodies have been to Disneyland? What kind of nonsense are you about to tell us, now, Alex? Okay, so I know some of you at home are probably feeling clever. Uh, some of you who watch a lot of Disneyland channels uh, on YouTube, remembering that before model making caught up to the Imagineers' needs for biological accuracy, it is a fact that Imagineers actually used real skeletons for all of the skeleton scenes in the opening of the Pirates of the Car Caribbean ride, uh, and they've slowly been replacing out the bones of these skeletons with, you know, now that we can like make convincing looking mm. fake ones. Uh, and a, but supposedly there still is one or two places where there's real skeletons. 
Uh, the guy on the beach who's laying down, the guy on the beach who's stabbed against the wall with a sword, that guy, those two guys have some real bones. And the dude, mm. the, the, then there's the captain who's got like a magnifying glass and he's sitting in bed. He's not real, but there's a skull and crossbones on his headboard above him that is said to be also very real. And those bones, oh. you can kind of look and you can just see with your eyes uh, when you're on the ride that they do seem just a little bit more dilapidated and less less sexy than the rest of the bones, if you will. Interesting. Uh, but that is not even what I was talking about. At, I'd fuck a skull. That, would, worry, that would technically add up to more bodies. But what I'm talking about, the answer to this question is something that would bring the number of dead bodies in Disneyland way, 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 way higher, which is something that you probably haven't thought about before. It's going to definitely weird you out. People spreading dead relatives ashes at Disneyland. Hmm. Okay. Now this sounds That's got to be against the rules. It's 100% against the rules. <laughs> Do you want to breathe in like lady dust? I don't. <laughs> lady uh, dust sounds like right? uh way like sexier a than Down Abbey yeah. character. <laughs> Bertram, <laughs> Bertram Lady Dust. Uh okay, uh okay. All right. I haven't even watched Downton Abbey. I've watched like two episodes of that show. It's like Mad Men but it's in upstairs downstairs. Anyway, uh, it is actually true. It's not an urban legend. People actually do this. In fact, it is so common once or twice a month on average that it has a special walkie talkie code. Uh, people ask for a HEPA cleanup so that nobody has to like go on walkie talkie and be like, somebody just poured out the grandma in the haunted mansion over. Uh <laughs> And, he, and and just to prove that I'm not bullshitting here, Jesse, here's a quote from the Wall Street Journal about this for you to read. I'm going to drop that in the Twitter for you there. Give us a little read of this. Um, this is crazy. Now grandma can haunt the 10th floor of the home mansion. Yeah, this is crazy. So they don't dump it in like the the woods. Or, they dump it in like in the ride. All right. All the over. Fa- all over. Favorite ride, dude. All Nana's over the park. Ride. All over the park. <laughs> Current and former custodians at Disney parks say identifying and vacuuming up human ashes is a signature and secret part of working at the happiest place on Earth. It is a grisly work for them, but a cathartic release for the bereaved who say treating Disney parks as a final resting place is the ultimate tribute to ardent fans. Human ashes have been spread in flower beds, on bushes, and on Magic Kingdom lawns, outside the park gates, and during fireworks displays, on Pirates of the Caribbean, and in the moat underneath the flying elephants of the Dumbo ride. Most frequently of all, according to custodians and park workers, they've been dispersed throughout the Haunted Mansion, (laughs) a 49-year-old attraction featuring an eerie old estate full of imagery ghosts, imaginary ghosts. The Haunted Mansion probably has so much human ashes in it, it's not even funny, said one Disneyland custodian. <laughs> Great. Let me just let me just take that back a minute. The Haunted Mansion probably has so much human ashes in it, it's not even funny, said <laughs> one Disneyland custodian. Perfect Feel better about Walt that. Disney, perfect Walt Disney impression, by the way. Yeah, I yeah. thought I was... Yeah. It sounded this just like Matthew's Walt Disney. Strictly I, know, I, thought, I thought I was... <laughs> you don't do but. that shit. A Disney spokeswoman told the <laughs> journal. Oh, this is the woman. Oh, sold on. <laughs> Damn it. That was the this custodian. This is the woman. Behave, y'all. It's strictly prohibited and unlawful. A Disney spokeswoman from Down Abbey told us. <laughs> Guess who attempt to do so will be escorted off the property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and by the way, a HEPA, by the way, from the walkie talkie code, that is an industrial vacuum. That's what a HEPA is. So unless you want your grandma to get sucked up and thrown in the trash by strangers dressed in a haunted house clothes, 
don't do that shit. It's fucking gross. Uh, and think? on that note, yeah, I just, <laughs> just yeah. never mind. It's insane. No, like, do it. You gotta say it. No, I just. You think people like having never had to to dump ashes anywhere? Do you think at the end of the day people don't really care? They're like, look, he said take him to Disney. We took him to Disney. I had my grief. I'm over it now. I don't really they're not care th- what they're happens. Not, they're not thinking about the fact that yeah, it just gets like, vacuumed up and goes in the trash. Yeah, same. yeah they get sucked up. Yeah, by they're like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Ch- I mean, like, I, all I ask is that you, for my for my enjoyment of this park for years to come so that I don't have to breathe in your fucking, like, dead children or whatever, <laughs> like, can we just not... Can we just not do it? Can I just You're breathing in the dead all the time, man? Or you know oh, what? Whoa, we help Disney out. Whoa, whoa. For a small $100 fee, there's a small place you can spread some ashes. There you go. Corner that off, would be make a profit. The most effed up area of the park. The Haunted Mansion's Garden. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Profit. Put it in like an urn, you know, like a big giant urn. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh but yeah, you know, bearing putting spreading your loved ones ashes the perfect transition from dead to undead you know what i'm saying uh so now we're in the ghost tour we're going back around to the front of the park again for the ghost section of our tour uh for this half of the tour i want to shout out disneyland's haunted kingdom by aubrey aubrey graves hilarious last name this is a book that i can you can get on like amazon and stuff it's just like a collection of stories as told by cast members i uh and and people who've been worked at the park uh for a long time. I, I, uh, I, I double checked most of these. I found most of these in at least more than one place, but all the quotes that we're going to be reading have come from this, come from this book. So I, I just want to shout out Disneyland's haunted kingdom by Aubrey Graves, uh, background to main street. First things first, let's talk about the ghost of Walt Disney himself. Walt Disney died December 15th, 1966 of lung cancer. He smoked so much that all over the park, you can still find pictures where it looks like Walt is doing the iconic Disney cast member two finger point. Uh, But in reality, what's going on there is that somebody has airbrushed a cigarette out of his hand so that he doesn't look like he's smoking in all his 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 historical pictures. They have recently changed their policy about this, uh, but there, you know, there's still evidence of it everywhere in the park. Um, some people even say that this is where the actual gesture comes from because people would ask, I was gonna ask why why does he do this but I've also heard that pointing with two fingers is like less insulting there's like some cultures that think pointing with one finger is a little rude so the two finger point I've heard both they both seem very sensical explanations for this so I'm not going to call it either way but that's that's something people have said but anyway People have claimed to see Walt Disney's ghost all over the park, and you'll see it's common in some of these stories. People are like, and I think it kind of looked like Walt Disney. Uh, but I think the two signature appearances of him in the park are one that you might not know about and one that you probably know about if you know about one ghost story at Disneyland. The first is the one you don't know about. Disney has been seen. There's been a figure uh, caught walking the train tracks around Disneyland in the early morning and late night in a conductor's hat, smoking a cigarette that people have seen who's supposed to be Disney. Everybody knows he was a lifelong admirer of trains. There's like a million pictures of him riding on trains, loving the trains. The train going around the park is like his big thing. That was like the big idea for Disneyland was the train, uh, even mm. though nobody rides it today. Um, 
So that's the first one. And the other one is in the window of his small Victorian apartment, which he kept for himself over the Main Street fire station next to City Hall, just as you walk into the park off to the left. It's in the corner. A lot of the time, the barbershop quartet sings out in front of it. You'll see it. It's in front of the very well-animated window displays at the the main Disney store in the front there. Um, You can always see his apartment. Everybody will point it out to you. I I would say 80% of the people at Disneyland know where it is. I'm sure you guys have seen it if you've been to Disneyland. Uh... Apparently one night uh, when he died, I guess they kept it exactly how he kept it. That was where he would like live in Disneyland when he was there. Uh, They kept it exactly how he kept it uh, when he died. And one night the cleaning lady went in to turn off the oil lamp in the window, uh, which was there, you know, one of those little knob based oil lamps in the window. Uh, She left one eye only to find it relit by the time she got down to the street and looked back up in the window. And so she was like, what the hell? So she went up and she did that whole process two more times. And both times she came back downstairs and looked up and the light was back on. So the third, so the third, like a fourth time she went back up there and turned it off and then sat and watched it and watched it turn off. Uh, and that freaked her out. So from now on, they always keep that light lit. I, I don't know if it's like now become an eternal flame where it's just like gas powered now or something, mm-hmm. but that light is very rarely extinguished nowadays. You can always see it burning at Disneyland, uh, regardless of whether Walt is home or not. It used to mean Walt was home when the light was on, uh, you know, uh, but now he's always home because he's dead. Um, so think about that. Uh, people have also claimed to have heard him walking around in the apartment and looking out the window. Uh, but on both the train tracks and in the apartment, there is one consistent detail that always comes with a Walt Disney sighting, and that is the faint, pleasant, toasty smell of burning tobacco on the wind. Um, and that's the main street ghost of Disneyland. Uh, Walt Disney heading to Did fan- you get Disneyland to let us in and ghost hunt. Absolutely. No. Not. What? Right, not a asking. million, you guys had million years. Listen, there was once upon a time we all technically worked for Disney. So maybe somebody had some connections that we could get in. I, don't I would know. love to. I would love to. You know what? I we never had a contract with Maker, luckily for me. Oh, okay. I, 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 I definitely yeah. appeared on there on my Disney partner channel many times, but I was a free agent. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is this is Fantasyland. Now we're leaving. We're leaving uh, Main Street. We're going to Fantasyland. This is like. The high fantasy, the princesses and princes, you know, the fairy tales, all that stuff is in fantasy land. Uh, used to look like a renaissance fair. And then in the 80s, they revamped it to be more of a like castle type of vibe in the whole town. As if the castle that you if you've seen Disneyland, you've seen the castle and behind it. Fantasyland's now kind of like a little town, the, the castle ship, whatever township. But here's like, here's a isn't it for kids, but like all the kiddie rides are there. Yeah, like, yeah, it's all the ones that are based off the cartoons, like all the like right. Cinderella uh, castle. You go up in the castle uh, or Sleeping Beauty Castle. Sorry, you go up in the castle. There's like the Snow White ride, Peter Pan, all the famous rides. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which is the greatest ride where you go straight to hell at the end. Uh, but here's a quote for you, Mathis, to read uh, about a fun, okay. a fun ghost in Fantasyland. I do love me a ghost that can know how to have a good time. Uh, Twitter, if you just want to refresh. There we go. All right. One of the park's alleged hauntings that I find very interesting took place in the old Christmas shop, which was located in the back of the Sleeping Beauty Castle. Inside the shop was an eerie picture of a woman, a woman whom they named the Ghost of Christmas Past. Legend has it that the 19th century photograph of the young woman would change facial expressions throughout the day. Several cast members claimed to see her making a stray face as well as a frown. Unfortunately, the haunted portrait's current location is unknown. Employees have also reported 
quote, strange feelings when they're by themselves or when they think they're by themselves. See that last little line or when they think they're by themselves just says your brain is, is playing tricks on you. Um, but the, the, it's interesting. The photo is there. Is there any evidence that the photo was ever actually there? It's 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 a well-established and often repeated story from cast members gotcha. and cool. guests. Uh, but they just don't know where it is. I mean, things like at Disneyland, it's crazy. Like at night. Yeah, I'm sure things get yeah, moved at all the night, time. They too. like know how to do shit real quick. And sometimes something gets redesigned and they just go in and change it. And then you never know, you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that story. Here's another one in Fantasyland. I think this one could be a candidate for one of the people who died in the park. I think maybe this could be our guy who fell and died. I just get that energy from it. I don't know why. Um, but here's uh, one for you, Jesse, near the Sleeping Beauty Castle, which is, like I say, very central to the park. Like you enter the park and the f- street, it's like at the end of the street. And then from there, you can go to all the lands. Here's a little here's a little story for you, Jesse. For years, people have claimed to see ghostly apparitions near the Enchanted Castle after closing time. Many moons ago, many moons ago, many moons ago, <laughs> many moons ago, two women were given a tour by a supervisor of the park after hours. It was about two thirty in the morning and the three were in fantasy land heading towards the castle. As they got closer, they claimed to see an older gentleman standing on the drawbridge waving at them. At that point, we noticed that he disappeared from the mid thigh down. An anonymous guest began. We also saw that he strongly resembled Walt. After he wa- after we waved back, he turned and walked a few steps, then disappeared. Now, ignoring Ooh. ignoring the fact that <clears throat> every single person in this book says that they think it was Walt Disney who was the ghost, doesn't that sound like the type of guy who maybe died at Disneyland and is happy that he's there? Just like a happy old man who's happy to be there, say hi to people. Sounds like... And yeah, which 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 is which dead guy? The heart attack dead guy? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where he. Yeah, f- no. I mean, it's hard to know. Like, it's it's weird that their jump to conclusion is it was definitely Walt. <laughs> That's the thing. A lot of them, a like you'll see, like a lot of them are like it was Walt. Uh, he came to make sure we were having a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's him. Maybe that's Dude, our. If Walt showed up as a ghost. I'd make him ride a ride with me before he went anywhere. I bet you he has. If he's real, if, if ghosts are real, he's definitely ridden a ride with somebody while he was dead. There's no way you tell me Walt didn't check out Indiana Jones, the ride or, yeah, or like, yeah, exactly. Or like the haunted exactly. mansion or, you know, all the rides. He there's missed. a ride he hates and wishes he could close down if he was still alive. I actually heard that he never wanted to make the haunted mansion and they made it after he died. Oh, so interesting. Cause that's like, that's, well, I think Walt by, and yeah. have great decision choice. I mean, I think by today's standards it's pretty tame, but I think it was intended originally to be quite creepy. And it, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. there are part there are parts where like I could see like a kid getting pretty freaked out by some some of the oh, effects. I was super scared of the Haunted Mansion, Disney World's Haunted Mansion at the time. Very very similar, very similar rides. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I remember being very very scared as like an eight year old. Yeah. Uh, now let's talk about the Matterhorn, which is also in Fantasyland towards the back. Uh, in addition to the death we covered earlier about. Uh, Dolly. Uh, there was also a 15 year old boy without a seatbelt. Similar thing happened to him. He didn't, he was thrown from the car, got hit by another car. He didn't die till three days later at the hospital. So I didn't mention him earlier. However, this has not stopped cast members from seeing a teenage boy in a hoodie walking around inside the mountain after hours or standing up on the sleds on security monitors only to vanish before the end of the ride. Uh, they've even seen him around and called out to him and had him react to sounds only for him to turn and then they see he's transparent and then he vanishes, stuff like that. 
Uh, so that's one of the ghosts of, uh, of uh, Matterhorn Mountain. Uh, but not to be outdone, uh, Mathis, here's a quote from a cast member about the spirit yeah. of the woman who did die in the park, Dolly, and the glowing white figure who's been seen near the area where she died. What? That's, a, that's a topic I, I tangential, but like, w- like white women in white ghosts are so common I know. all over the place. I know. I don't know what that's about. Um, yeah, it's so weird. All right, here we go. Don't worry, Jesse. We'll figure it out one day. It always felt like someone was watching me and I was convinced it was Dolly. The feeling was always the worst in the big cavern in the middle of the ride at Dolly's dip. In fact, the work lights in the tunnel near the area where she had died uh, were always burned out in the six years I worked there. I hated running the track at the end of my shift and I usually tried to get someone else to do it for me. Yeah, you have to walk the ride every time. And I, yeah, like, that makes sense. Scary. Safety checks yeah, and stuff. Scary. Yeah, no, thank you. I, I just like imagine doing that on like Pirates of the Caribbean or the Haunted Mansion. It's just like that cannot be fun. That cannot be like a great vibe in there. That's just probably weak, like like people figures in the dark, like little animatronics. Nope. I'm good. That would like fucking wig me the fuck out. I, I, I've i been in like, you know, you go to like a ghost town and you'll be like looking in the old cowboy buildings. And then like in the back, there's like a fucking guy stuffed with hay. It was like sitting there in the back all like fucked up. That shit scares the shit out of me. Anything, anything that's the size and shape of a human that's not a human, I hate it. People who put like a big human sized Santa on your fucking porch. Fuck you. Get out of here. That's not, I don't like that. <laughs> Scares the shit out of Fosse. me. Uh, Fosseane disapproved. It's no fa- fa- Fosse for you. No Fauci's. No I, Fauci's I call that a Fauci ouchie. Uh, all right. <laughs> Adventureland. From Fantasyland to Adventureland. Adventureland is kind of like jungle. I, I mean, before Indiana Jones existed, I can't believe that they had this land, but it's like the land for people who like stuff like Indiana Jones. Uh, nobody's ever died in Adventureland, uh, but I just want to give you a quick uh, couple of like a little story anyway. Tribute to the Jungle Cruise, which was recently updated during the pandemic to be more culturally sensitive. Uh, also has a weird movie out with The Rock and Emily Blunt, which I kind of want to see because it has like 90s Brendan Fraser mummy vibes to me, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's good. I haven't seen it, but I kind of want to see it. Uh but anyway, here's the story. Apparently, a old gardener haunts the ride and can be seen sometimes on the little islands out in the water of the Jungle Cruise. If you don't know what the Jungle Cruise is, very, very simplistic animal animatronics, couple little scenes here and there. But the key is like this guy who's driving the boat around with you in it, like makes cracks at everything. And that's sort of the vibe. Very chill ride. Very, It's one of the opening day rides at Disneyland. Um And so there's little stage scenes all throughout this winding river ride. So there's like islands in the middle of the water. People see him out there uh, working rolled up sleeves, jeans, sun hat. He disappears when everybody notices him. So no one's really got a close look enough to identify him. General scuttlebutt amongst people is that he's an old Disney landscaper who probably loved the Jungle Cruise more than any of the ride because it has very large amount of huge size plants and exotic plants from various places in the world that you know, normally wouldn't be growing in Orange County. So that's makes sense. Uh, but I, I also put two and two together here uh, just because I've been watching so much Disney content in preparation for this episode. So I want to put mm. an Alex original theory here. I'm going to stamp it. Ooh. Bam. Oh, no, no. It's original. Oh no. I will. I found you first. This is good. I will also mention 
it is fairly close in physical distance where people see this ghost in the jungle cruise to the single surviving Canary Island date palm that stood on the land that Disneyland was built on since 1896 still is in the park today. Here is a quote about that plant from Morgan Evans, the founding horticulturalist at Disney park for Jesse to read. I think maybe one of the family members connected to this tree is a much more likely suspect for the ghost. I'll say that. Here we go. Planted in 1896 by an early rancher, it was stalwart and revered resident. It was a stalwart and revered resident of his front lawn, admired by three generations of children and adults. One member of the family was married beneath it. When the owner of the land sold his acreage to Walt Disney in 1954, he requested that this venerable palm be preserved. Walt was more than happy to oblige. But since the tree stood in the middle of Section C of the projected parking lot, he ordered that it be carefully bald, bald, yeah, lifted tenderly from its old home and trundled all 15 tons of it to Adventureland. So, yeah, so this is a big fucking tree. Can I make the assumption that bald is when they like, you know, like the bottom and then like trundled? I don't know what I'm going to Google trundled. Dude, I want to ball a tree before I die if I can. I don't see why you can't ball a tree at least once in your life, Alex. Shout out to everybody who's with me wants to ball a tree. Uh, can I, I'll ball can we just say trundled is my new favorite? To good. move slowly or heavily, trundled. Ooh. Elephants do this. I like that word. Yeah, yeah it's a it's a very yeah, it's a fun a sounding yeah. word. That's that's yeah. walking with a tuba right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Okay, but you know what I'm saying? Couldn't you see like, oh, the family like has the like people are married under this tree. It's like a hundred fifty year old tree or whatever. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, you can see like maybe like that guy who was like, I love this tree. Please keep my tree. Returning to check on the tree. You know, you could see that. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, the ghosts have lingered for dumber reasons. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and so that's our that's my little Adventureland ghost story for you guys. Let's move over to New Orleans Square. Uh, there haven't been any deaths in New Orleans Square either. This is, is like this the French. Is this where Pirates of the Caribbean is? is yeah, this-, this is this is a really weird part of the park that they kind of like added. It's pretty small land, but it does have pirates and haunted mansion in it. Uh, so it's like you know, it's it's supposed to be like the French Quarter of New Orleans. It's got good. This food. is the area if you're like a huge Nightmare Before Christmas fan. This is where we're gonna find Nightmare Before Christmas merch. Yeah, basically. and if you and if you don't care about that movie that much, this is the part of the park that they ruin every year around Christmas time uh, with some shitty theming uh in, in the way of your <laughs> new orleans experience mm-hmm. uh uh Nolans. yeah um there haven't been any deaths here uh but i did want to talk about this little boy that people see in the haunted mansion because it's a great little story and it ties into what i was talking about before so according to cast members a young boy with a fatal disease loved this ride dearly and sometime in the 70s his mother actually received permission from management to do a little memorial for him inside the ride I think you can guess where this is going. She also asked if she could spread his ashes on the ride like so many others had. And when they said no, she was like, okay, 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 okay. But she had his ashes. And sure enough, they saw her like chuck him over the side at one point in the ride. Uh, And now near the end of the ride, dozens of people is one of the most commonly reported ghost sightings at Disneyland. Uh, People have seen all the same exact thing. A little boy sitting in the corner at the end of the ride where you get off, like where you might sit if you're waiting for your family to get off the ride. 
See a little boy sitting there crying and asking for his mother. People have spoken to this boy before having uh, had him disappear. There have been reports of cast members feeling little tugs on their clothes uh, before looking down and seeing little dusty child's handprints on their clothes, hearing giggling from the darkness in the attic when they're doing their walk of the tracks after closing. Uh, So it's a pretty scary little ghost. Lots of people still think this is the boy from the ashes. Uh, But one time a local psychic went to the ride to specifically investigate this ghost. And he said that way before it was a theme park, a kid named Brandon was walked out into the orange groves that uh, Disneyland was built on and was the victim of a unfortunate murder suicide perpetrated by his stepfather uh, who killed the boy and then hung himself in a tree. This little boy ghost is characterized in the psychic realm by a little red cap that he wears and he loves to play around in the big giant graveyard party scene where the song starts playing at the end of the ride. Uh, You know, just the word of a psychic, but an interesting Mm. alternate story for who that ghost might be. Uh, Anyway, I love I love the the idea that the the parent who spread the ashes just like accidentally locked their kids in the haunted mansion for eternity. I fucking hate that. It's like it's like (laughs) I mean. Of all the rides, why you got to throw him on the fucking like? S- <laughs> That's what I'm just I guess like, I guess it's I guess the idea is that it's his favorite ride, but like I wouldn't like. That's like when Hank Hill gives Bobby Hill like an entire pack of c- cigarettes to yes. smoke. I don't want like, that. If I had an enemy, small world, <laughs> right? Oh small yeah, world. small world. Yeah, oh yeah. I would, I would be like, world. give me their ashes so I can give them a proper burial. And then I would take them to Small World and dump them in the water and be like. <laughs> Enjoy hell, you son of a bitch. Dude, do you remember oh, yeah. forever? Do you remember that game on the Wii that came out? Uh Epic Mickey? Yes. yes. Uh so they changed it a bunch of times, but there's a fact that lives rent-free in my brain, which is that the original boss of the game, the first boss, is the is the face on the clock tower of It's a Small World. Which, if you don't know, it's a boat ride about international peace that has a very annoying song that's very repetitive. Uh, and the original plan for the for the boss was that you were fighting the building that had been driven insane by the song that plays inside it all the time. And to, and to beat it, you break its face open and like destroy the record player inside. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, no wonder Disney probably did not allow that as the first boss. Right, right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> oh, that would have been so great, though. But moving from... Uh, Moving from New Orleans Square back to Frontierland, uh, let's head over to Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in Frontierland and see where we can see. But but uh, really quickly, before yeah. we move on, sure. for anyone who wants to get really messed up, um, I don't know if you guys can see this, but yeah. go Dude, I know, to I my know, Instagram. I, know I recognize my Instagram, that. September 8th, that's Notorious COX on Instagram. Yeah. September 8th, 2017, I recorded part of Small World and let me tell you, there's a moment where it's like it's hypnotizing you. And it's like, and it's a small world. <laughs> and these like giant eyes are like glowing at you as you like go. It's crazy. It I is know. 100% the villain. Uh, it's the boss fight for sure. That's how you that's how I know I'm like a fucked up Disney fan is because I like saw that like son, not a character, just a background element in one room of the ride. And I'm like, I know you son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about this guy who died on Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Uh, There have been many ghostly sightings on the ride since his death, most notably near the top of a lift hill. Uh, uh, Like there's a lift hill near a gag where there's like a billy goat standing on a rock and he has dynamite in his mouth. It's very like if you've been on the ride, you probably remember this. Uh, People say they see a ghost around that billy goat or shadow people in the tunnels. 
blurry figures walking around in the rides, uh, like like darkest places. Uh, and as a matter of fact, sometimes the figures have been so convincing that a few times they've actually had to follow safety protocols because somebody called it in, shut the ride down and go out and look for somebody just to make sure because they're seeing it on camera and being like, oh, shit, damn. I got to go see if somebody's like escaped off the ride somehow. Uh, and they never find anything. Uh, so that's, so there have been ghost sightings on that ride. So that's, that's another one that's consistent with a death, which I think is interesting. Uh, but before we head out of Frontierland, uh, proper, I have one more uh, for Mathis to read that's a little chunky. This it. one is really good. Oh, I like this one. Here we go. I love me a little, a little chunk. All right. <clears throat> Andrew worked as an outdoor vendor, and each night he had to move the carts back to, main, to the main warehouse. Andrew was finishing up late one night around 2 a.m. The land was dark and empty. The land. I like that. The land was dark and empty. He was walking alone the Big Thunder Trail when he heard a whisper. Andrew, the unseen force murmured. The cast member looked around but didn't see anyone, so he shrugged it off and kept walking. Again, he heard his name whispered with much more enthusiasm this time. Wondering if a co-worker was playing a trick on him, Andrew turned on his flashlight and began looking behind structures and bushes to see if anyone was up there, but came up with nothing. After a couple minutes, I gave up and decided that, once again, I was hearing things. Turned off my flashlight and started back towards the hill down to the Mark Twain dock. I hadn't taken two steps when right in my ear, there was the sound of my name being shouted. Immediately after Andrew's uncanny experience, he decided to tell his friend about it. Upon explaining what he had just heard, his friend, another cast member, turned pale. You too? Andrew's friend asked. He soon found out that other Disneyland staff members have also heard their names being whispered on the Big Thunder Trail. It is said that the ghost of an old man has been witnessed sitting on the covered bench at the beginning of the trail. His apparition, as well as the uncanny whispers, scared some cast members so badly that they avoid the area after closing as much as possible. I asked a couple of cast members who worked near the trail at a concession stand if they had ever experienced anything unusual in the area. They both claimed to feel uncomfortable by themselves on the dark trail after hours. I definitely won't go over there by myself after the park is closed, an anonymous employee shared with me. To me, that's the best story in Frontierland. It's pretty creepy. I like I like the idea of a ghost that knows your name. Uh, just fucking with you, just like whispering yeah. it, screaming it at you, watching you piss yourself. Yeah. But there are tons of other stories in Frontierland that we're not going to get into. Um, but as for the people who died in the River of America, which I which I say borders Frontierland, New Orleans Square, Critter Country, and like the back end of it goes kind of into Star Wars territory. Also, uh, aside from some ghostly figures on Tom Sawyer Island in the trees and stuff. And some strange movement in the water. All the action is on the sailing ship Columbia, uh, which, like I said, it's like a old timey like mast style ship that sails around the river in Disneyland. Apparently, a skeptical cast member was cleaning the lower decks uh, one time when suddenly a misty apparition formed in front of him, which, again, the cast member said looked like a young Walt Disney, even though that doesn't even make sense because he was in his 50s when the park opened. Uh he said that they stared at each other for a while in the quiet, dark room under the ship before it finally vanished, leaving a pocket of freezing cold air and a terrified cast member in its wake. Now, I didn't mention that there was a guy who got struck in the head by the rigging of the Columbia 
uh, on Christmas Eve one year, uh, but he he didn't die for a little while after he got out of the park, so I didn't include him. But there is a possibility that this guy could be that person. You know what I mean? It There's knocked a little- the child out of him as like the child spirit. It was like, boop, and half <laughs> half of him is stuck there. No, like the guy who died on the boat. Uh, like, I mean, he didn't die on the boat, but he he was he was mortally wounded on the boat by a piece of rigging that was like tied down. It's supposed to detach at the rope part, but it was not, it was using the wrong type of rope for it to break away easy. So it ripped the whole piece of chunk of metal out of the boat and like brained some dude as it was like swinging by (laughs) with the tension. Right. So that guy like didn't die immediately, but he died. Uh, and so some people think maybe that ghost could be that guy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think he didn't die in the park. So it's, it's weird. I, I don't know why that would happen. Uh, but yeah, that's the Rivers of America. Uh, we're going to skip past Mickey's Toontown and Critter Country for now until Toontown has murders. Mickey's you know Toontown. What? It did. It did. I mean, that Mickey's Toontown has it, a for horrific incident it was solved with a kid. by Roger Rabbit because the guy who did it actually killed Eddie's brother. He had those teeth, man. Right. Uh, and, and those, those red eyes. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the uh, no Mickey's Toontown does have a horrific thing that happened, but the kid lived for several years, uh, but he lost his ability to speak and he he died eventually. Oh, my God. Very similar to the people mover scenario, except it was like a kid. So it was like way worse. Uh, but we're going to skip Toontown and Critter Country for now until the inevitable sequel to this episode. Let's finish our tour in Tomorrowland uh, first by heading over to the America Sings building, which most recently, uh, if you're trying to place where that is in Tomorrowland, it used it most recently housed a like very crappy Star Wars half-assed photo op area in the lead up to Galaxy's Edge opening. I don't know if you know where that is. Used to be you used to have the, to go there to like check get in. your Galaxy's Edge check in and yeah yeah. It also was where Innoventions was before that. Uh, if you know what that is, that's something that like people my age probably remember. Uh, but it may still be inhabited by the ghost of that poor cast member Deborah who got crushed between its walls. Uh, here's mm, one. So that place that the circular building you're referring to is that building. Yeah. And even if you remember when it was the interventions building, like even like 10 years ago, right. Uh, it still did rotate. You'd like stand on a thing and like watch a thing and the whole building would rotate. And then you'd rotate to an area where it would open and you could walk in. So it still rotates. Hmm. I think it still can rotate, but it does. It doesn't at the moment. Uh, but here's a, here's a little quote for you to read about that. Jesse. Out of all the cool things that Star Wars thing could have done, I know rotating was an option. They were like, nah, they probably didn't (laughs) want this shit to happen. But, you know, I don't know. Several employees have claimed to feel a presence when no one else is around, as well as hear a disembodied female voice near the area where Deborah was killed. I spoke with a cast member who said that on the anniversary of Deborah's death, it is said that she can be heard talking. Legend has it that when her name is spoken out loud, she replies. Once, when the electricity went out on the attraction, employees found the wires physically unplugged from the dimmer rack that had been locked twice. The fire alarm is also said to go off at random much more frequently than any of the other rides. The few cast members, as well as some guests, believe the incidents are caused by something paranormal. The utility tunnel underneath innovations, uh, interventions 
is claimed to be haunted as well. A couple of the cast members claim to hear disembodied voices and footsteps. One employee alleged seeing a ghost dressed in what looked to be old America Sings employee costume. After staring at the apparition for a few seconds, it vanished in the blink of an eye. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Uh, so that's the interventions building. Deborah does have a ghost connected to her. So how about that? Mm. Uh, nice job. All right. Over on the monorail, <laughs> as you might expect, uh, some people uh, do, in fact, see the ghost of a man walking along the tracks. And they think it was that guy who was sneaking in on grad night. And it has actually led more than once to the monorail conductor actually slamming on the brakes while driving the monorail, calling out to dispatch, only to find nothing there and faint crying heard in the air afterwards and a couple of times they've even seen the guy on security cameras but it was too blurry to make out any uh details so there is a guy who has been seen on the monorail tracks mirroring the guy who died there uh and finally uh the people mover as you know two young guys were killed years apart very similar ways uh by falling between the two cars and getting just annihilated and dragged. Uh, and though the ride oh is God. gone now and the tracks lie empty today, back when it was open, female guests would often report sightings of these two guys in various places on the track and the tunnels, and also the feeling of their ponytails being mischievously tugged while on the ride. Uh, and also, Strangely, the ghost of a little girl has been reported running around the land outside on the abandoned tracks in the early morning hours before guests are allowed in the park, usually between the star tours and space mountain portions of the track. And people have heard her whispers uh, uh, on on more than one occasion. She's she sent people running out of dark, empty buildings by talking directly to cast members since she can easily read their names off their name tags, which they wear all the time, which is probably how that other ghost can read people's names, too. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. Now that you say that, all the name reading ghosts are less impressive. You've now officially (laughs) like Frankie. Like, how do you know my name? It's on your name tag. You know what the real you know what the real mind fuck is? How many times have you called someone by their name at Disneyland, even though the name tag is right there on their chest? Do you know what I'm saying? Boom. What? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, None of it. us are looking at each other's name tags. You know what I mean? To us, we're just all cast members. You know, we're not. Yeah, but when when you're a ghost, you just got nothing to do, dude. <laughs> yeah, break and down you can those like walls, get up man. Right in their face. You're like, you got to hug. You know what? Stay, yeah. stay out of those cast members' way, you guys. Jareth. Okay. Uh, Jareth. 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 Did you like yeah. it? Uh, but that's it for now. There are plenty more ghost stories at Disneyland and Disney's many other parks around the globe. So if you want to hear more stories like these, maybe about California Adventure or maybe about Disney World parks or whatever, let me know on Reddit. I will do this again sometime. But before we go, just because I know someone out there is probably already writing about this in the comments, you may have noticed (laughs) that I have totally ignored some of the biggest pieces of Disneyland haunted lore ever, namely a couple very specific pieces of paranormal footage filmed all over the park at Disneyland. Ones some of you have probably seen. If you've seen like one video about ghosts at Disneyland, there's one where there's people walking as a person walking from camera to camera on haunted mansion security footage. Uh, there is one of ghostly figures with the maintenance man on the tower of terror. There is one with a gray man standing on the top of a castle during the fireworks show. Uh, and there's one of a, sitting man near the stone white statue garden around backside of the castle. And the reason that I have omitted them is because allegedly all five of these pieces were revealed to be hoaxes 
and even mm. more were actually intentional pieces of produced viral marketing made by a secret internal creative team at Disney itself. Oh, shit. They're perpetuating their own haunting stories. Yeah. At first, this seems very outrageous. But then you think about what a ride is, and that's just lying to you also. But then you realize that for a couple <laughs> months there, during early COVID, people were actually like super into like, you know, it's like, remember like in like July of last year, people were like, fuck it, NDA, but I don't give a fuck. This is interesting. We're all at home. Here's a little mm-hmm. story for you, right? So that's what happened last June with Christopher Cantwell, who is not only a fully established comic book writer, he's also co-creator, writer, director, and was even the showrunner of uh, that show on AMC with the computer people. Uh, uh, what the hell is it called? I love that show. Halt and Catch Fire. Uh, if you remember that show, it's like about the original like software boom. Uh, he said that, quote, 10 years ago in another <clears throat> life, I worked for Disney making strange videos for different business units. Uh, now, I'm going to read you a couple quotes from the guys, and I have a couple clips for you guys to watch to finish us out. And that'll be our, our last thing we do today. Uh, so, guys, here's, here, this is him, Christopher Cantwell. Guys, it's time to come clean. Ten years ago in another life, I worked for Disney making strange videos for different business units. In 2010, to build hype for Toy Story 3, I wrote and directed this for Pixar, and we hit it online with the other commercials. If you guys have seen uh, Toy Story 3, you know about the Lotso Huggin' Bear guy who's like the uh, sort of like villain of the story. Yeah, Lotso. Let me uh, grab the link for you guys here so you guys can see this video and kind of react to it just to see the the lengths that they're willing to go to here to like get this stuff happening. Here's the uh, here's the link. I'm going to drop this in the in the uh, discord uh, zoom chat. Got it. Got it. It's like a real commercial. Like from it looks like it's from the 80s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very viral marketing. It's it's that yeah, it's that Pixar character, the bear, lots of lots of hugging yeah, bear. Yeah, here's it. But it literally just it, it's got the VHS scan lines. It's filmed in four by three. Uh, the audio's got that kind of kind of feeling to it because yeah. it's all you know VHS. Yeah, uh, and there's a Japanese version of it which I also just shared with you. That's like a fully '80s Japanese toy commercial. It's great, and they were like hidden on channels that were just like trailer upload, like commercial upload channels. You know, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, Christopher Cantwell goes on to say, this was all a brilliant idea from Lee Unkrich, by the way. I just got to write and direct the spots. The way we did the VCR work was by recording with two decks, one with terrible tracking and one pretty clean. Then we applied both effects and modulated how much we wanted. Uh, the YouTube account was created a month before and posed as a guy who was a fan of old commercials who would post actual old spots. Then he posted Lotso. We got discovered. Uh, uh, by, I think, Mashable. I don't remember. It was fun. By the way, the Japanese spot ends with a sound glitch that is actually the first note of You Got a Friend in Me. No one ever figured that out. Uh, and then as an afterthought, he goes, oh, and also, Internet, we did these, too. The famous Disneyland ghost videos. Yup, us. Stuntman dressed in white, laid over clean footage, and uh, out through VFX overlay, shot in the park. Uh, overnight. I love that they live on. And I mean, the videos this guy's referencing Haunted Mansion, CCTV, Space Mountain, Tower of Terror. I've seen these, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, here is, here is, I'll give you the clip. And obviously, I'll give these to you guys on Reddit too, if you guys want to see them. Uh, but here's the clips. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen these, Jesse, but here, here, here you go. These are going in the chat right now. Bam. You can just jump through this whole video and you can see all these, all the, all the single. This is a top five Disneyland ghost video, a real one. And every single video in the video 
is like a fake viral video that this guy made. He says, Haunted Mansion was filmed from the roof of the Pirates of the Caribbean. We were in Space Mountain for hours with the house lights on. Employees do not perform maintenance on Tower of Terror like this, like the maintenance guy in the video. We tangled with the oft-rumored feral cats of the park. Uh, he said, our best times at Disney, we were their secret team of skunks work, skunk works plumbers. I fell asleep under the Walt Mickey statue that night. There you go. Yeah, see, these videos are all very, very well done. Yeah, I'm watching them. They're fascinating, like, but they're also yeah. like too well. You know what I mean? They're yeah, too well done. Like, they're, yeah, they're, they're, the figures that are moving are so subtle compared to like a lot of other quote unquote ghost footage too. They're like very hard to see. Especially the dude in the chair. Yep. With like, there's, there's the ghosts that appear literally have faces and they're like very pronounced like, and it appears mm-hmm. right where the camera's pointing, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just included this as a little end bonus because I wanted you to realize that Disney, don't put anything past Disney. You know what I mean? As much yeah, as we're talking about- a corporation, about, just like anybody else. Yeah. As, long, as much as we're talking about all these ghosts and stuff, they are listening. They know what we talk about, and they are always trying to make the park more interesting for us. So it's kind of interesting to think about that uh, and to think about the other things they may be doing. Um, I feel that. So like I say, if you guys want more of stuff like this, please let me know on Reddit. This is kind of like a new format episode for me. It kind of kind of went all over the map with it a little bit, but it was like a good amount of edutainment. There's like a lot of facts, a lot of ghost stuff. uh, And I want to give a little. And some moiter. Yeah. And some moiter, some death, some Grizzly Adams business. That's not what Grizzly Adams is about. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I just also want to give a little trailer for the mini. So if you guys are not members of our Patreon now, please make it so. And you will get immediately after this episode, a mini sode uh, where I talk about another Disneyland thing that I gathered a little bit of information for something that you might have heard of. If you know about Disneyland's like sort of deep lore, a mysterious and elusive club of elites similar to uh, Coconut Grove uh, that we talked about before. <laughs> uh, and that is, of course, Bohemian Grove. This is called Club 33. Uh, this is something you might have heard of. It is real. A Disneyland secret lounges in their theme parks all across the globe. And we're going to take a look at all the different club 33 lounges uh, and talk about what they look like Ooh. and what they're like on the mini. Uh just so and, and, and I'll give you guys links uh, for those too in the, on the, on the Reddit. If you guys uh, want to see the articles that I'm looking at and that we're talking about. Uh, so go listen to that uh, or wait for it to come out in like five years or whenever it's going to come out for the public. Uh, <laughs> it's not five years. It's shorter than that, but not much. And uh, I'll see you there at the other end. Thank you guys for uh, coming with me on this Disney journey. That wasn't bad, right? Jesse, this is my knives out, not my rise of Skywalker, right? Right. This is good. We had a, (laughs) I think the club 33 is more Chiluminati than just like ghosts. I think it's more Illuminati for sure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I'm excited about that. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Have you, have you guys been to club 33? No, no, no. No, Yeesh. I've been. I, I, I'm. I, my privilege is showing. I have been three or four times. I can't even remember how many times I've been there. I think I've been there four times. No, well, never, never been. Let me tell never you. Been. Let me tell you something. Well, we're gonna go. It is wild. It is a wild place. So please come with us to the minisode because it's gonna be a fun time. I'm excited. Uh, before we go there, Jesse, uh, we got something coming up in a couple of months over in L.A., I'm told. Yeah, what hey, the hell is that? if you want to come see us live October 26th in Los Angeles, uh, please, let's sell out these tickets. We're almost there. We would love to be able to say that. Think about like our egos for a minute 
and then yeah, focus on us, please. Thank, Thank you. you. We want you guys there. We want to entertain. Oh, right. And you. we would love to have you there. But also, right. you can just buy a ticket and not come and like that's fine. <laughs> as long as we can say we sold out, that's yeah, really like our I don't even here. care if you show up, I'll be honest. Like it is fine by me. <laughs> I'm trying like, to figure out something. I'm trying to figure out something we can do. I'm gonna do some sort of Patreon only food guide around LA, maybe figure out someplace we can all get a drink together without getting a bad disease. We'll figure it out. We'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good, mm-hmm. it'll be a good cute thing. And hopefully things will be better by October. It'll be a good cute, yeah. not a meat cute, a good cute. Yeah. Exactly. Like a meat, good like cute. maybe a meat cute. cute, like carne. You know what I mean? Like not carnal, but like carne. I'm hungry now. Yeah. Uh, I'll have some pizza after this, I think. See you guys in the mini soda. Oh. Yeah, we'll be in the mini soda. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another brand new Chiluminati for y'all right here. Uh, and if you haven't hit, you know, follow us on all the socials and, uh, on the podcast and stuff. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Bye. Anyway, me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom. So I stepped back inside and after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out here. So I quickly dash back outside and she's looking up at the sky and fall. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.